Ow, 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 Coyote Creek. Bonsai! And welcome back to the dojo, everyone. Come on in and welcome to the Never Dies podcast, y'all. Where that's right, Cobra Kai never dies. And it is season two, episode seven tonight. And as always, I'm your host, Karate Kip. And I got my co host, Cobra Cole, in the dojo. Hello, welcome back. Welcome, welcome back, and we are ready to talk about some Cobra Kai, and how are you doing tonight, Cole? Pretty good. Had a pretty good episode this time. Pretty good episode this time. Oh, yes. It was fantastic, and hello, listeners. We see you out there. Hello, fellow Cobras. And yes, we are back for some more Never Dies. miyagi Dose, you can go sit over there. No, everybody get in here, (laughs) y'all. Everybody get in here. And yes, this is the show about the two most important things in life. And what are those, Cole? Uh, Beer and babes. (laughs) Beer and babes. Some people would also say it's karate and teen drama. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Karate. I forgot karate (laughs) and teen drama. Hey, get your mind back on the podcast. And yes, I am super excited. Sorry, I was giving you a giving you a Johnny answer. Classic Johnny, classic Cole. (laughs) And yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you about this episode. This one is super fun. And yeah, did you like this episode, Cole? Yeah, I did. I did too. And when I think about season two, I I always kind of think about Coyote Creek. This is kind of like the iconic episode for season two. Cobra Kai, Coyote Creek. That's hard to say, dude. Yeah, that's right, Cole. Cobra Kai, Coyote Creek. Five times fast, go. Well, I can't do it. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Yes, I like this episode as well. And yes, I do have my Cobra Kai shirt on. Thank you, Cole. You're welcome. I am, I am wearing my Cobra Kai three-piece suit. As for you. <laughs> yeah. With the yellow shirt, black, uh, the black jacket with the Cobra Kai dojo logo on the back, and a black tie. With the logo on the tie as well on the front. Oh, yes, please. That sounds like such a cool suit. We got to get you in that. And yeah, I am jazzed up. I'm ready to do this. I got my two cups of coffee here. And yes, are you ready to begin, Cole? I think I'm ready. Then y'all know what that means. And as always, that's going to bring us to our beginning segment. And that is Cobra Business. And so do you have any Cobra Business tonight, Cole? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I do, personally. Well, that's all right, because I got a little bit here. I got to give a shout-out, y'all, to my mom. She's listening as well, you guys. Shout-out to my mom. She watched all the movies when she heard I was liking Cobra Kai. and She watched this show, and she loved it. And shout-out, mom. She may have been the one that showed me Karate Kid when I was a kid to begin with. Nice. So, yeah. 
Shout out, my mom. You know, I also watched uh, Cobra Kai with with my with my mom. Actually, uh, a couple years ago, we got into it. Never I need to finish it up. We haven't finished it up together. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Yay! But uh, yeah. Shout out to all the moms. Shout out to all the moms. Y'all rock. And there's some cool moms in this show as well. And speaking of the show and the movies, we you came over and we watched a Karate Kid movie, didn't we, Cole? Yeah. Now, that was Karate Kid 3, because if you guys remember, Cole mentioned that he hadn't seen it that many times, and that's just a straight-up travesty. No, maybe about maybe about four times total now, four or five, maybe, as compared to like the hundreds of times probably with, <laughs> you know, one and two. Yes, well, we got to get you more familiar with it, and yeah, tell me your thoughts on Karate Kid 3, Cole. You know, it's still not my favorite karate kid movie uh but it it <laughs> it's got it got some likable things in it you know it's just a little over the top still i still think the movie's just a little over the top man i agree with you it's over the top okay but tell me what what did you like about it what were those things that you said that what you do liked? i like about it um well of course i like uh you know it's just seeing mr miyagi and daniel again and I like uh, some of the characters in the in the uh, movie, uh, like the the henchmen of uh, Mike Barnes. Uh, <laughs> their names are what Snake and Dennis. Snake and Dennis, yes, y'all Snake know. And Dennis. Those two, I think they made the whole movie for me. Uh, probably, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about those guys? Man, oh, they there were some great henchmen, and yeah, they were backing up Mike Barnes, the bad boy of karate, and yeah, they had been hired by one of my favorite characters of the whole entire franchise, and that is Terry Silver, you guys. What a crazy crazy character that guy is. One of the best villains of all time. And let's talk about it real quick, you guys. <laughs> I love Silver. Karate Kid 3. I agree with you, man. It's over the top. There, you know, there are some things that are weird about it. You know, uh, The relationship is kind of weird. And... Some of the, I think that third act is a the, little bit rushed. The whole premise of the of the movie is pretty, uh, you know, crazy. If you think about it too much, you know. Yeah, the writing, you know, they. The interesting thing I will say is is the Terry Silver because the, he, you know, who plays uh, Martin Cove, who plays Crease, was supposed to be the villain of Karate Kid Three, and six months before the movie started. He got hired on for Rambo 2, and he missed out on the movie, so they had to fill in a new character, a new actor with six months to go. Where he also played John Kreese. <laughs> and he, where he also played John Kreese. That's right. In Rambo. It was Kreese and Rambo. Uh-huh. They brought in Thomas Griffin, I believe is his name. Um, and, yeah, he came in and played Terry Silver, and he was fantastic. One of my favorite villains of all time. And yeah, we could talk about Karate Kid 3 a lot. Um, but let's just say that I I think he made the movie, in my opinion. And yeah, Snake and Dennis are great. Mike Barnes is also great. So there were some really great villains in that movie. Just the really intense characters, though. You know what I mean? Like 
I like I do like Terry Silver's like uh his aesthetic, man. He's kinda like a scar he's got like a scarface thing going on almost, you know? He's like this rich businessman with a like a cool like eighties mansion, I guess, you know, takes his phone calls in the bathtub doing business deals from the from the from, the, from a bubble bath. <laughs> oh my gosh! With a ponytail, smoking a cigar, drinking in a, in, champagne in a, in a, a Scarface mansion, you know. <laughs> in a Scarface, his lair is amazing. He has henchmen. He's got an amazing villain laugh when he really got going. Hey, I like that. Oh, I like that, Johnny. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> and yeah, his whole thing about trying to trick daniel and they going into cobra kai and the whole thing man yeah, that was you, you crazy think, you, you crease was greasy man this guy oh yeah slimy, he's slimy slimy silver slimy dude. silver hey that's pretty good that's pretty good and yeah he was a great villain and we will just have to see what happens with crease and silver and all of that but yeah do you have anything else to say about karate kid three uh like, what did you not like about it? It just doesn't have the same, like... It doesn't have, like, the same... I guess it doesn't have the heart of 1 and 2, is what I'm, like, I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just feels like it's... The movie's kind of forced, I think. And, uh... As much as the, uh... The characters are, are great, they're also just a little unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, Kreese really... Did like fake death to hire his old Vietnam buddy to uh to get revenge on a high you know a kid that just graduated from high school. Well, Crease fakes his death, man. That's what he does. You know, that's what he does. It's just a little ridiculous, you know. I'm like, come on, you know, Karate Kid One is somewhat believable at least. Two is a little over the top, also. You know, you know the whole family feud thing going on. Oh, they fought. To, they were supposed to fight to the death with Chosen. Yeah, but talk about over the, the top. Third, the third one, though, like that one, you know, it's a little more like okay, he's in Japan, and you know, there's a feud thing going on, and I get that. But the third one just seems like it's a little too. It's a stretch, man. Like really, this rich guy is gonna take time out of his day to come out here and <laughs> wreak havoc on a high school kid. You know? Oh yeah, he's a millionaire, dude. Well, I guess he's. He, I mean, he did he's it a, himself. I guess by that point he's not he's not in high school, but you know it's still like, he's like fresh out of high school. Yeah, oh yeah, that's how much of a villain Terry Silver is. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. It's pretty ridiculous. It's kind of funny if you really analyze it. It is. It is funny. I'll say this though: every time I watch it, I like it more and more. <laughs> Just to let you know, like Dennis is the best character in the whole movie. Dennis was great. Dennis was great. I really want to. I really hope he comes back somehow. Like you were saying, saying to me. Uh, uh, the other day, like, like, oh yeah, which guy do you think is gonna be uh, crazier, man, Snake or, or, or Dennis? And go Dennis figure, is the crazy one. Go figure, it's Dennis. To- totally funny, dude. Totally funny. Love that movie. Love that movie. And yeah, hopefully they come back somehow. That'd be so cool. So if that's it for that, then that will be. The end of Cobra Business. And y'all, everybody knows what is after Cobra Business. And that is the... Cole, do you want to say it this time? The recap, cap, 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 cap. 
That's right. The recap. Echo of the last episode. And yes, the last episode was titled Take a Right. And wow, yeah, that was a heavy episode. That was beautifully done. It was a good one, though. And yeah, it started off with Daniel and the Miyagi-Dos having to pick up the dojo after Hawk and some of the other Cobras trashed it while doing Kreese's bidding. Y'all remember. And then Johnny was trying to get the students to break and tell him who trashed it because he, he wasn't cool with that. But then he got called away because, you know, Tommy was sick. And we had that incredible road trip with Tommy, Bobby, Jimmy. And we had, the, including the bar fight. And Johnny. And, yeah, and Johnny was, yeah, they were all fighting. And we had that really touching, you know, fireside, you're the champ scene. Really got to me. Yeah, man, it was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. And while that was happening, Kreese was watching the students alone, and he was able to re-implement the no mercy into Cobra Kai. He he was taking Hawk, Corey, and then even Miguel under his sway. And we also heard uh, some more of Tori's backstory as well. She had a hard time growing up, some hardships. And meanwhile, the students that had left Cobra Kai to join Miyagi-Do and the original Miyagi-Do students, they, you know, they weren't getting along. You know, they had just fought each other at the mall, a bunch of teenagers. But Daniel was able to bring them together through a combination of chores, cleaning up the dojo. But he also revealed how he used to be in Cobra Kai. What? Yes, it's right. It's right. We just saw it in Karate Kid 3. Karate Kid 3? Karate Kid 3? Not the best, but still good. (laughs) Then, at the end, Johnny woke up at the campsite, y'all. To Bobby and Jimmy, they were trying to wake up Tommy, but it was unsuccessful. Gosh, it was so tough. And we had Kreese doing that speech about how Cobra Kai never dies. As they zip Tommy up in the body bag with the Queen song going on, show must go on, and all that. The super sad ending, y'all. Body bag. With the body bag. Put him in a body bag. And that is where we left it, you guys. So, yeah, do you have anything to add to the recap before we move on, Cole? No, I don't think so, man. Just a, it was a pretty heavy episode. This one's a little lighter, thankfully. Yeah, you're, you're totally right about that, and it's a little bit lighter, and it's a little more fun, and we got some action. So tonight's episode, you guys, is Season 2, Episode 7, and it was directed by Jennifer Salata, or Kalata, and she directed 3 and 4 of the first season, Esquilito and Cobra Kai Never Dies. Okay. And she also does the next episode, episode eight. So those are kind of more fun. And yes, this one, y'all, was titled Lull. And Cole, why do you think they titled this episode Lull? Lull is just a, uh, you know, it it goes up to what something Kree said in the show here. 
peace peace is just a lull between war time, times of war and that's why this episode is titled lull yes definitely the lull between battles the lull before the storm and yeah we just had a we had that mall fight and the kids split up and yes, they're going to start training and we're going to talk about it, you guys. So we have the opening scene and we are at Daniel and Amanda's bedroom, you guys. And yeah, she was waking up to an empty bed and she was wondering where Daniel was and where was he, Cole? He was at the dojo. Man, already right early in the morning. And she was asking if he was at the dealership, but yeah, he was at the dojo. But she was reminding him about the lunch meeting they had planned with the noosh. Okay. She said he isn't happy with his job, kind of, and he got hit by Johnny in the last episode, if you remember. Yeah. But Daniel promised he would make the meeting. So yeah, he's having trouble balancing all of this stuff, it seems. And while he's at the dojo, he heard someone training out back. And he went to go see who it was and who is there, Cole. Some just grease dripping off that punching bag, dude. It was <laughs> crease. It was crease hitting it. Yes, with his music and everything. And yeah, what did he want, Cole? He wanted to have a little parlay with Daniel. <laughs> it is a parlay. So yeah, he's parlaying and with smoking a cigar, and he he started off by saying, "It's a cute little place you have here. Do you do you teach karate or gardening?" Yeah, yeah. That is perfect from Crease, man. Yeah, that still is the coolest backyard ever. It is so cool, one of the coolest ever, I'd say. And yeah, he said, "I'm just here to say thank you." Thank me for what? Well. Taking our weakest soldiers from our ranks. That was kind. And Daniel was like, ranks, soldiers, you know, these are kids. This isn't war. But Kreese responded, sure it is. And just like you said, Cole, war never ends. Peace is just the lull between battles. And yeah, there is the lull. Do you believe in that? Um, you know... Seems that way sometimes, right? That is a good answer. It does seem that way sometimes. So he's on to something here, maybe. He's seen a lot of stuff. Crease ended the parlay by saying, You better hope that your students are ready. Because I promise you, ours will be. And then he put out his cigar in one of the bonsai pots, saying, Regards to Mr. Miyagi. Greasy, man. Oh my gosh, man. Martin Cove. Some great acting there. Really acting the villain. And you can tell Daniel was pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pissed. He was standing there. And we got the Cobra Kai title screen in yellow this time. And isn't it always a good episode when it's in yellow, Cole? Yeah. So it's good episode when it's in red or yellow, I guess. And wow. So that, we kind of talked about the, we've been talking about the fringes around the dojo war, you guys. And I just wanted to take a step back 
Well, let me say this first, Cole. Do you have anything? Do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? Right there. Yeah. Um, Kreese is demented. <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? What is wrong with this guy? Yeah, I'm with Daniel. He's you know he's talking me. He's talking about these kids like they're soldiers ready to go into to war. You know, like dudes. And he's he's you know he's grown he's a grown man and an elderly man at that. And he's talking about high school kids as if they are soldiers preparing for battle. And he, the guy's out of his mind. It seems like to me, man. Uh, it's pretty. I mean, that's not it's not normal. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's really getting embroiled in this conflict between the dojos and remember you guys this all just started between the rivalry of johnny and daniel going back to the beach it's all starting from that and yeah i wanted to take a step back and talk about this dojo war we've been talking about a little bit the fringes of it and this is like the first official day of this coming war, in my opinion, right here. We kind of started it when Daniel poached the students from Cobra Kai. In his commercial where he calls out, like, you know, don't be a snake in the grass, he said, or whatever and all that. Yeah, that was the lead up. I feel like that was some, that was part of the lead up, but I feel like... Cobras came back and they, they, they outshowed him over at the, the fair. There was that. So a little, little bit of a back and forth between them, yeah, up to this point. Oh yeah, and I mean, and then Daniel tried to raise the rent, and then before that, Johnny hit him with in the billboard, oh, yeah. and then there was the car, dude. It, it just all it goes all the way back, so it's been building. But yeah, definitely. This, in my opinion, you know, and then we had the kids switching sides and stuff. So, but as far as the story goes, for me, this is like the first official day of what I'm going to call the Dojo War. Okay, you guys. And the kids, we've seen it. We've met the kids. They've been divided up now into two dojos. And the groundwork has been laid for the kid rivalries. You know, we got kid rivalries. We even have the, the star students in each dojo, you know, Robbie and Miguel. So we have some good rivalries. We even have some rival couples almost with Tori and Miguel and something going on between Sam and Robbie. And this episode, in, in this episode, I think we're going to start to see how each of the dojos are going to go about training their students for that war that, that they are in now, in my opinion. This is, there's no going back. Yeah, I guess the uh, the mall fight really was the first battle, right? Yeah, the mall fight was the first yeah. big skirmish, but now with with Crease coming over and like confirming that it's on, you know, that was a big moment. He said it's it's not going to end, okay? So it's a big deal. And it's really really fun, and the dojo war is like is kind of like one of my favorite aspects of this show, and I really love to dive into it. And the show does a it's, great job. It's almost job. Just an, an extension of Daniel and Johnny's feud. You know, that's exactly what it that's is. All it really that, is, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Somehow they just involved all these kids into it. 
Uh-huh. No, it's exactly what it is. And that, yeah, they're tra- so it, like you said, Cole, this show gives you exactly what you want. And that's exactly what I wanted. Amazing stuff, you guys. So, yes, moving on, we are in the next scene. And we are in Sam's bedroom, you guys. Moon was over, and Sam was trying out some of her green smoothie, if you saw. And uh, it was funny because Sam said it was good, but it, it didn't really look like she liked it, man. <laughs> and uh, Moon's a, a hippie, kind of. Got the, uh, got the like, a healthy like uh, green smoothie going on there. With, she, 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 there's, she, there's kale in it also, and yeah. <laughs> some hemp and something, and Sam was like, is that going to be high? So it was pretty funny. <laughs> But yeah, Moon was over there, and Sam was asking her opinion on what she should wear when in her upcoming training sessions, which is kind of strange because Moon was like, "Wait, you're gonna be all sweaty anyway, so what's?" And then she was like, "Wait, do you have a crush?" Ooh, y'all. Ooh. And she was like, she said. <laughs> She said, uh, is it Robbie? And so Sam went to go close the door and like looked, you know, and closed the door. And that's because Robbie is living in the Ooh. Russo household right now, you guys. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> and that is crazy if you think about it. You have two teenagers yeah. that are like super Yikes. attracted to each other and they, they're training together and they're living in the same household, not brother and sister or anything. And they are really attracted to each other and and they're, they're sneaking all around there's gonna be some sneaking around going on there that's for sure all summer so yeah moon asked you know when did it start and sam answered yeah we haven't kissed yet but you know but almost she said so they kept talking and moon answered she said that her mom tells her therapist <laughs> that, that you can't hide from your heart and Sam smiled, as, and then Moon started helping her choose her next outfit. So girl stuff, girl stuff. And it looks like Sam, to me, she's like more in tune with her feelings now. After you know, and it's talking it over to, with Moon. Good to see uh, her and Moon hanging out again, because they had a falling out kind of, you know. And now they're back, they're back to hanging out again. I didn't think about that. You're right. Moon is cool. I mean, Yaz is in France right now, so... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Moon's always been more compassionate and cool. And yeah, she's it's cool because Sam talked it over with Moon, and she's really not. She's, I don't feel like she's fighting her feelings anymore, like she was in the last few episodes. You know, it's been going on for a while now, and now she's even thinking about wearing like what is she going to wear around Robbie? You know, to attract Robbie, kind of. So that's I I think it's a good thing because she's just more in touch with her feelings now and and when, like what do you think about that Cole how do you feel about that? Uh, there's she might have had, I mean whatever she had left for Miguel's gone at this point it looks like to me. Oh yeah, because Moon was like, "Are you gonna tell Miguel?" And she's like, "There's nothing to say yet." So yeah, interesting stuff. And yeah, do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? The girl stuff scene. I don't think so. All right. That means we can move on to the next scene, and that is at the Cobra Kai Dojo, you guys. And here we go. So the students were stretching and warming up, and Johnny walked in. Miguel came over and said, you know, he was sorry for his loss. You know, Tommy, of course. 
and he asked, you know, how the funeral was and everything. So, so it seems like Johnny's been gone for like at least several days. Yeah, he's probably gone for like a week or so. Yeah, I mean, like a week. I think you're right. So, Kreese can do a lot of damage in a week. But he asked, uh, Johnny asked how things were going since he was gone. Miguel said Sensei Kreese is tough, but he knows what it takes to win. Johnny looked somewhat impressed about that, but then he went into the office, and it was all clean and organized, and he was like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> He's not used to it being like that. Yeah, it's like Kreese uh, reorganized it to the way his old office used to be. Yeah, it looked like that. You're exactly right. And speak, speaking of Kreese, he came in right then. My stuff. What the hell happened here? Well, I spent some time organizing the place. Bills were unpaid and invoices were backed up. The military met him, he couldn't resist. You're making yourself right at home, huh? So he's doing more stuff to slither his way into being the Cobra Kai. You know, this is this is power struggle we've been talking about, you guys. Yep. And now he's moving stuff around in the in in the office when Johnny's not there, and that's not cool, right? Cole? Hung, hung up his old photo of himself, you know, where he's holding the the, the gun. He's wearing his camos. That's right. It's in that iconic photo of Chris. Yeah. That's right, holding the rifle and fatigues. Yeah, and you know, underneath, I don't know if you noticed, but it said uh, U.S. It said John Crease. U.S. Army Karate Champion, 1970 to 72. So he, wow, y'all, he's really good, y'all. I mean, he's the he was the Army Champion. And if there is a spinoff, I feel like that's going to be a big part of it. If there is a Young Crease spinoff, which I think there might be, we might see some of this Karate Champ Army Karate Champions chip action. So next, Johnny went out to the main room and he said, everyone get your geese on. Class starts in five minutes. But the students looked a little confused. And why were they confused, Cole? Because Kreese had already planned for them to go to the, uh, what was it called again? Coyote Creek? Coyote Creek. Oh, 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 oh. Coyote Creek. Yep, Kreese was going to have them go out in the woods for some special training. And then Kreese was like, yeah, I thought it was time to separate the men from the boys. And he looked at Aisha and he was like, the girls too, I suppose. <laughs> so Kreese said, I thought it was time for Coyote Creek. That's right. And Johnny told Kreese that, you know, he doesn't think that they're ready for that. But Hawk said that they were ready to prove themselves. It was funny because Kreese was like, it's up to Sensei Lawrence. If he says it's okay. And it, to me, it was kind of like yeah. two, two parents. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, he's like, he's feigning. He's trying to still make Johnny think he's got some sort of sense of power there, I guess. You yeah. Know? Like, only if Johnny says it's okay. But you're right. Yeah. It's like mom and dad. Which one's going to let Matt do it? <laughs> only if your father says it's okay or whatever <laughs> and uh, but yeah you're right he's pretending like it's johnny's deal he's putting him in a tough spot okay because the kids now they really want to do yeah, it they get their hopes up they want to go mm -hmm. it's gonna make a you know put johnny a tough spot but so he he did relent he said all right let's go but and who is running the dojo right now cole creases man he's making johnny do things that he doesn't want to do he's got 
the grease the grease has dripped in and soaked in while Johnny was gone, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's not taking his lead anymore, and it's definitely greasy crease, you guys. You know it. And yeah, what do you think about that, Cole? Um, interested to see uh, what this uh, Cody Creek was all about at this point in the show. Yeah, so, you're like, uh, what is it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like, oh, what they're going to be doing there. And then, yeah, Kreese, you can tell it's, like I said, power struggle, and he's, right now, he's on top of it. He's got the dojo soaked in grease right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, on top from behind the scenes, you know? He's doing it from yeah. underneath. Sl- yeah, greasy. So greasy. Mm. So, y'all, in the next scene, we are at the Miyagi-Do dojo, y'all. And in this episode, it seems like there's a heat wave going on. And so it's like during the summer, the kids are out of school and everything. There's a big heat wave going on. And yeah, the Miyagi-Do students, they were in the back. They were underneath the tree back there. They were sweating up big time. Dimitri was even like rubbing it off on Sam, dude. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. He's leaning on her, sweating <laughs> on her. Yeah. Uh, so, but Daniel, he saw them and right before he came out, you know, he said to himself, he said, what have I gotten them into? Oh yeah. In reference to Kreese coming by. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't yep. he say that? You think expand on that if you could. Well, cause he, I guess maybe he's thinking back to the, the you know, the, what led up to Kreese coming there and trashing the dojo and everything. Uh, it, it was the, the commercial. He knows it goes back to the commercial that he put out calling out Cobra Kai. Yes, I think he also was thinking about, you know, when he was, like, you're right about that, for sure. And I think he was also thinking about, like, when, you know, he was a kid and, like, all the pain he went through, being attacked by Cobra Kai and manipulated and all that. And he he does not want that to happen to these kids. That's the whole reason he started doing this. He was trying to stop Cobra Kai. But he's inadvertently made it worse. He's inadvertently made it worse. And it's, and yeah, and now we have a full blown war. And yes, they are in a war now. And he knows how Kreese can be, you guys. I mean, we saw what happened in, in Karate Kid 3 with Kreese and Silver and Barnes tagging them. It's a cra- all the stuff we, that he went we through. We get to see how crazy John Kreese really is in Karate Kid 3. <laughs> yeah, popping out from behind his, he's his a- stand up. I love that. Crazy old non-vet, man, and he's just, uh, you know, he, he's got some issues, and uh, he goes too far, and Daniel knows this. Daniel knows this. He knows that they are in trouble, they're in danger, so he he needs to get these kids ready. It's the real deal now, you guys. So he told the kids to get out from under the tree, and they were complaining that it was too hot. But Daniel said the heat wave is a gift, y'all. This heat wave is a gift. Today you are going to experience Shochu Geiko. Like the car insurance? Shochu Geiko is a Japanese exercise where you train during the hottest days of the year. (laughs) And I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was a pretty funny one from Chris. Geiko? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Daniel said Shochu Geiko is a Japanese training where you train during the hottest months of the year. He said the fight won't always come when it's 75 degrees and breezy. Sam responded to that by saying, aren't we supposed to avoid fighting? 
But Daniel answered, sometimes the fight comes to you. And yeah, he's definitely talking about the dojo war and Kreese and everything. Yep. So yes, we get to see how each dojo is training their students for this upcoming conflict. And I think it's really interesting stuff. It really is like one of my favorite parts of the show and the series. Yeah, we did basically did a similar thing in the last couple of shows. Just kind of going back and forth between dojos. That's right. Watching them train, watching watching them both do their training. It is it is awesome to see it. I like it. It is awesome. I had a smile on my face this whole episode. And yeah, do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? Yeah, just you know, like I said, Daniel just knows how intense and how crazy Kreese can be. So that's probably why he's saying, oh my gosh, what have I gotten these kids into? Oh yeah. It's serious now, you guys. It's serious karate action. So y'all, in the next scene, we are, we're finally here, y'all. We are at Coyote Creek, you guys. It's like a wooded area with a creek in the middle. Seems like some kind of cool park or something. Just out in the woods. Out in the woods. And yeah, what is Coyote Creek all about, Cole? What is what is the the rules and everything? Do you remember? Yeah, well, uh, they, they were split into two teams. There's a red team and a black team. Uh, they're both wearing, each team has respective headbands, black, uh, red and black headbands. Kreese uh, said the goal is to eliminate the other team by collecting as many headbands as possible. And they asked, the kids asked, you know, what, how? And he said, uh, by any, yeah, any, there's no rules. You can do anything you want. And he said, just remember that uh, you, know, you might have been friends, but now these aren't your friends anymore. They're not your brothers. They're, they're, they're your enemies. There's no rules. You know, just to treat them as treat this as if it's life and like a life and death, basically, is what he told them. Yeah, that's really crazy. Splitting them into two and have them you can get the he- the head by- the headband by any means possible. And if you lose your headband, you die. So it is life and death, like you said. What a crazy game. It's almost like a war game. Like from the military, kind of. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Or like a very serious capture the flag. Use any means, okay? And it is dangerous. That's why Johnny was a little apprehensive about taking him out there. It's like playing paintball, but it's karate. It's like paintball karate. That's right. That's exactly right. And what's cool about it is you can imagine Johnny and Tommy and Bobby and all the other Cobras out there in the 80s doing the Coyote Creek, you know, that'd be pretty cool, yeah. man. And if there is a spinoff, I think we're going to see Coyote Creek again. I really liked it. Probably came, probably came down, I bet it came down between Tom, Tommy and Johnny. Ooh, you know it. Just like the 83 championship. Yep. Pretty cool stuff, y'all. So at that moment, though, Raymond, Raymond showed up. He's there, and he's got a whole new look. And what is his look, Cole? Oh, gosh. He's got like a, a braided uh, goatee going on there, you know, and uh, and uh, he's wearing like a denim vest with some patches on it, wearing the sunglasses. Kind of looks like a, he looks like a wannabe biker almost or something, you know. <laughs> and uh, he comes up and says he's flipping the script, Hawk style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm now I'm now should be called Stingray. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. So his 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 line was he said, "Yeah, Hawksaw." Like he said, and he goes, yeah. He said, "Heretofore, you may call me Stingray." <laughs> heretofore. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So y'all, yeah. here heretofore means before now. <laughs> and then Johnny immediately just calls him Chubbs. He's like, "Okay, yeah. Chubbs." Yeah, his, the theme started playing. He's all right, Chubbs. You're on the red team, and the music stopped like a record player. <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. Heretofore, like before now, you can call me Sting. It sounds good, but it's not right. I, I like uh, how Raymond also. If you look at the the back of his uh, his vest, he's got a, like a, a Cobra Commander. Uh, uh, logo like GI Joe. Joe on the back, yeah. <laughs> Way cool, man. Way cool. I love Raymond's new look. And yeah, he does look like a stingray with his beard trimmed like and everything. It's so cool. So, Crease Crease is the is the red team, and Johnny's the black team. And yeah, Stingray went over to the red team, and Crease was like terrific. And I think he was not happy that the Stingray was there because he was hoping that all the weak students had gone to Miyagi-Do. Right. No, Stingray's still around, man. Stingray's still around. All right. So, so do you have any, anything else to say about, the, about that scene, the intro to the Coyote Creek scene? No, I just thought the Stingray was funny. I know. It's great. I love that character. Great acting, too. Always makes me laugh. Because he's supposed to be like our age, you know. Oh yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, he's like the millennial, you know, who's hanging out with these Gen Z kids, and then you got the Gen Xers who are the ones teaching everything, you know. So he's kind of oh. like he's 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 our generation that's just kind of thrown in there. <laughs> oh man, I would love to go train with all these people and stuff. I would definitely be in there. That sounds like fun. Yeah, Raymond is us. So y'all, in the next scene, we are in the front of the Miyagi Do Dojo. And Daniel had the students in a circle, and they were facing the person in the center, which is Robbie, okay? And in this, in this training session, Daniel had numbered all the students, and when he called out their number, the student with that number would go attack the one in the middle. And so why do you think he's training them like that, Cole? So they can learn to quickly defend from any side, I guess, you know, 360 defense yes i think you're exactly right about that he wants them to defend be able to defend themselves from the cobra kai's like if they try to jump them yep. or something yeah. you know attack them from behind because he knows how that's how cobra kai's are so he's trying to get them ready and robbie was in the middle and it was cool because the camera came in close and he could like really showed the sweat so it's it's really hot out there and there was some cool drumming going on. And yeah, Daniel started calling out the numbers. He called out two, but Robbie was able to counter that. And he slammed the guy into the ground. And Daniel was like, yes. So he's training him up. Robbie was looking good. Robbie helped up that student, and he got back in his stance. Daniel called out number five, and five was Sam. She went in with a low kick. Robbie dodged, but then she was able to do a side kick. Into Robbie's abs. Did you see that? And drink it yeah. in, ladies. Drink it in. Huh. 
Daniel then told Dimitri to get in the middle. But when Daniel started to call out the numbers, Dimitri, he's still unable to defend himself very well. He called out three, which was Chris. And yeah, Chris hit him and he said, you know, he apologized afterwards saying, sorry, meat. <laughs> he called him meat. Yeah, like Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I like that nickname. I do I like it. that was it. funny. Yeah. Yep, and yes, it's the first time we heard it. So it, it may have came from Chris. So I like that, meat. So then Daniel then called out number six, and a student swept meat from behind. And Dimitri was like, I hate this. And then so Sam was like, hey, can we take a break? This heat is brutal. And Daniel looked around, and the kids were super hot. So he's, he was like, all right, you kids want to cool off? I think I, I think I can accommodate that. So that is one way that Miyagi-Do is training today, in the heat, in a circle. And yeah, it was pretty interesting. So do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? He's going to have a lot of work to do with Dimitri. <laughs> he does. He's definitely the weak link of the dojo, for sure. And, uh, you know, Sam... Uh... Sam might be better than Robbie. I don't know. I don't know, man. Sam's yeah. good. Sam's good. Larusso 2.0. She's she is a good fighter. It's showing her that yeah, she's almost on par, at least on par with Robbie. She tagged him. Yeah. But did he let her? Ah. Right. Yeah. Sam's good. And we're gonna see that later, you guys. But in the next scene, we are back at Coyote Creek. And it seems like they get, the game has started now. And Miguel and Tori, they were walking together. Miguel was asking her. What happens at the end of this if it's just you and me? Then I guess I'll have to rip that pretty little headband off your head. Yeah. This headband's staying right where it is. <laughs> That's funny. But at that moment, the kid from the mall fight which I called medium hair, if y'all remember. Yeah, this kid even have a name. I don't know. Dude, I was about to say that I did some research, okay, y'all. And yeah, his, his name is Mikey. Mikey, okay. Yeah. He's wearing a camo shirt. He had like long, longer hair. Yeah, me, yeah. Some camo shirt. And yeah, his name is Mikey, you guys. And that's the kind of stuff never dies is going to live we're going to get deep into the show and find all these names for you guys there's no name kid is named mikey now you know so his name is mikey and if y'all remember from the mall fight we had another guy i named him orange shirt we're going to see him again but his name is rickenberger rickenberger yes that's his last wow. name so yeah i just wanted to go back and say orange shirt should have been rickenberger so from now on that's his name so yeah, they spotted Mikey and they got into their stances and Mikey was in the middle and Miguel and Tori, they were on either side as, as the fight music started and y'all, are y'all ready for some cool karate action, Cole? Yes. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of action tonight. So here we go. All right, folks, get ready. It's karate time. Mikey started things off with a sidekick which Tori blocked. But Mikey followed with a right hook, and Tori ducked it and did a spinning front kick to Mikey's face. And Miguel was like smiling, yeah, he saw it. 
but Mikey kept his feet and he was looking kind of wobbly though. And Tori was like, hey, he's all yours. So Mikey went in for some punches, but Miguel wrapped him up and he shoved him back towards Tori saying, ladies first. <laughs> and they love to flirt fight, don't they, Cole? They do. <laughs> <laughs> Tori did a front kick on Mikey and then she took his headband off before she did a huge spinning wheel kick to Mikey's face and he you know, props to him he like dude. spun around like corkscrews he did around. it was great it was a great <laughs> stunt and yeah but she already she already had his headband though so he hit the ground, yeah, he spun around, hit the ground, and as the music faded out, she was standing there. But I was gonna say that Tori already had his headband. He was dead, as per the rules of the game. So why did she hit him again? No mercy. That's exactly what Kreese has taught him to do while Johnny was gone. She quote unquote finished him. That's exactly right. Miguel even said it to him while they were on the while he was on the ground. Looking at him, he said, "No mercy." So yeah, but who saw that go down though? Do you remember? Johnny. Johnny saw it. He's beginning to see. He's beginning to see it, you guys. Yeah, he he's uh, not sure what to make of uh, the way Miguel's fighting. Yeah, he's beginning to see that Kreese has been bringing back the no mercy thing back into Cobra Kai. He's been teaching it to the kids while he's away. And that's what Johnny was trying to get out of Cobra Kai. So yeah, it sucks. And there's going to be a conflict there for sure. But yeah, do you have anything else to say about that little karate skirmish there with Mikey Cole? Oh, it's the power couple, Miguel and Tori. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you like definitely a tag team against him, you know, working together. It's just like flirt, like flirt fighting almost, you know, <laughs> flirt fighting, <laughs> like beating up a guy, but they're flirting with each other at the same time. It's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Tori's cool. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> a lot of cool karate action in this one. I love it. It really was some good fight scenes. I really enjoy the fight scene. That's why I broke him down, y'all. So here we go. In the next scene, we are in the back of some meat freezer, you guys. <laughs> With meat. With meat. With meat and meat tree, that's right. <laughs> so the pallets of meat and everything back there is said Fernandez meat. Okay. And it's an interesting side note because, it's, I mean, this might not be true, but uh, Freddy Fernandez, y'all was the first person that Daniel met in the original Karate Kid 1 movie. You know, he was the right. one in the apartment complex. Yeah, welcomed him to the to the complex. Yeah, yeah, welcomed him in and invited him to the beach and he, you know, Daniel kicked him through the door and all that. Right. His name was Freddy Fernandez. So this is Fernandez meat. So is it the same person? I hope so. It could be, right? Yeah. And it, because it, it, like, why did they choose that name? Well, it, it, maybe, they up, maybe they end up re re reconciling and being friends. Yeah, that's interesting, right? It, it, Daniel and him could have still been friends, and he's allowing him to train in the back of this because you know Daniel doesn't own a, a restaurant. You know whose place is this? Fernandez meets y'all. 
Very cool. Sam was in there, and she was saying that she wants to train in a spa. And like, come on, Sam. Come yeah, he on. says this is Kan Geiko. Soshu Geiko. Soju Geiko is the one in heat, but this is called Kan Geiko, which must be done in cold. That's exactly right, Cole. And she says, well, which kind of Geiko takes place in this spa? <laughs> or Geiko, what kind of Geiko goes into a spa? Yeah. Very pretentious, rich girl thing to say. <laughs> Very much the Sam thing to say. But Daniel answered, he said, you know, it's not about the heat or the cold, y'all. It's about using the environment around you. And Daniel said, I see the exhalation of breath, the twitch of a muscle, the shift of a stance. If you lean into the cold, it will heighten your senses. And then you'll anticipate the moment before your opponent strikes, and you'll always be ready. And I really like this part because it shows how different that the dojos are, all right? Daniel's implementing some ancient Japanese trainings, and he's teaching the students how to use their heads as well as their bodies to improve themselves and be more connected through martial arts. And he's teaching them individually like that. Whereas in Cobra Kai, Coyote Creek, is they basically just divided them into two teams and had them just go at each other. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it's like social gecko. Use, use what you've learned up until now and, and just go fight. Yeah, just no fight. rules, just go. So yeah, we have ancient Japanese trainings versus Coyote Creek. And I was going to say that I think both of them are kind of valid, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, but super interesting, and the way they train is, like I said, you guys, some of my favorite parts. So at that moment, y'all, we're so involved with the karate, and we're getting involved in the dojo war, you guys, but, and it is out there, but real life is still happening. And Daniel's phone is ringing. And do you remember who it was? Yeah, uh, Amanda. Yeah, it was Amanda with a noosh, and oh, that's she, right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Noosh was trying to call him first, I guess. Yep. Yeah, they were together. They were together, and yeah. Do you remember what the meeting was for and everything? Yeah, um, Anoush uh, wasn't happy with the way things are going at the dealership, and uh, apparently he got an offer to uh, to go work for. Uh, Oh God! What's his name? Yeah, the competitor. Tom Cole. Uh, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Tom. So couldn't get the first name. Tom Cole. <laughs> uh, and uh, the the whole meeting here was to to see if uh, they could uh, work out a deal to to keep a new there. And then uh, Daniel just totally spaced on it. Man, he did totally space on it. And so Anoush got up from the office and he just left Amanda's office. Man, he got up and just left Amanda's office. So then Amanda tried to call Daniel, but it went to voicemail. And yeah, Daniel is having a hard time balancing work in the, in the dojo. And it's, I feel for him because it's tough. He, he does, ha he has to get these kids ready. Like it's too late to back out now. He has to get these kids ready for the dojo war. But he's also really slipping up when it comes to work. Yeah, I mean, he ignored Anisha's call. He ignored all of uh, Amanda's calls. 
He's losing the balance. He's big losing time. the balance big time. You're exactly right, Cole. And Amanda was looking pretty mad and disappointed. And yeah. Do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole, and all that stuff that's going on? Yeah. I mean, Daniel, uh, you know, preaches maintaining balance. And right now he's, he's not. Uh, but like you said, you know, it is important to get these kids ready to fight. But uh, he's, he's letting um, his, you know, his duty as a GM of a business fall to the wayside. And he's about to lose one of his best employees because of it. So, of course, uh, Amanda's not happy. And she's, he's been neglecting her as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, Daniel uh, needs to take a bit of his own advice and try to maintain that balance once again. Yep, that's exactly what we were. That's exactly what we were talking about when we were breaking down balance and all that stuff. And, yeah, he said balance is his thing, but he's having trouble with it. And it's kind of been going on for a while now. Yeah, probably about. I mean, I don't, maybe like a month or so in the show. Yeah, probably. yeah, at, yeah. Least, at least a couple of weeks, at least. Maybe longer. So, back at Coyote Creek. Uh, so, the show is going to cut back and forth here for a little bit quickly. So, back at Coyote Creek, you guys, Mitch was making his way through the woods. And it was so funny, man. He heard a hawk screech. <laughs> <laughs> and then you remember what happened hawk dropped yeah, down yeah go ahead that up, he chopped that up a tree right on top of him <laughs> total hawk swooped he down he just grabbed his headband off of him he did he grabbed his head black headband and i thought it was so cool you know the way he dropped down and the screech man whoever put that in the show my hat's off to you it makes me laugh every time <laughs> love it and yeah, he added Mitch's headband to his belt, and he was like, he said, What the hell, man? Sorry, Assface. Today you're the enemy. Makes five kills. Guess I earned my Medal of Honor. And then he took out Miyagi's Medal of Honor from under his shirt. It was on his necklace, you know? <laughs> oh, he called man. It, he called a... Uh... He called it. He called the kid a uh, ass face. His yeah. his old nickname, ass face. Oh yeah, he's still going. Uh, yeah, and the, you know the the irony in that him with the Medal of Honor. Yeah, Miguel saw that. Miguel noticed, and he looked mad about that because not only does he know that Hawk stole it, and, and it. Now he knows that Hawk was the one that trashed the Miyagi Do. Yep. But also the students, remember they were put through all that tough stuff and they were trying to, you know, break yeah, they all, had to and suffer all that. For it. They all had to suffer for it. And yeah, it was Hawk staying silent the whole time at the behest of Crease, of course. But yeah, Miguel definitely saw it. And yes, do you have anything else to say about that quick scene before we cut again? Hawk's a punk. Hogs punk, hogs punk. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I love that screech though. That was fantastic. Whoever thought of that? So great. Hogs starting to get a little bit of that grease strip, a little bit too much grease stripped off onto him, mm -hmm. man. No, he's really bought into it. He's really and he's and he's not the only one. Starting to drip his own grease now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> off that mohawk. 
greasy mohawk. So yeah, we we cut to the meat cooler again, and now Sam's in the middle of the circle. Okay, and I think that the ancient Japanese training, the soshu geiko, and everything, is starting to work because the show was showing Sam, and she was like seeing everything in slow motion, and we got some cool Japanese flute music. I think that's what the show was trying to portray. Yeah. So Daniel called out seven, and that was Chris. Her senses are heightened. Senses are heightened. And yeah, Chris was behind her. But Sam was able to turn around and avoid Chris's attacks before she kicked him back with a front kick. Daniel was like, there we go. So she is good. So Daniel called out five now, and this is Robbie, you guys. And it's all slow motion and stuff. I really love the action here, slow motion. He did a left kick, which she blocked, and then they traded punches a little bit before. They were sparring pretty well. And they set it up because Sam was able to hit him with a front kick. She likes those front kicks. And then even Robbie tried a spinning back kick. But then they caught each other's punches, and they were locked eyes, and they were very close to each other. And their, even their breath actually mingled in midair. Did you see that? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so Cole, hey, it's cold in there, but it's, there's definitely a lot of heat between these two, wouldn't you say? Right. And yeah, they were making eyes the whole time. I think this show is trying to portray that as well. But the training continued when Daniel called Dimitri. It's Dimitri's turn again. And so he was trying to get him to focus. But the camera panned down and Amanda is, call is calling again. Oh my gosh. Daniel is in trouble, you guys. Some trouble brewing there. And yeah, do you have... Anything else to say about that that yeah, quick yeah. scene? Yeah, like you said, it might have been cold in there, but things are things are heating up between Robbie and uh, Sam. It was, uh, yeah, you said there's, there's maintained some eye contact there, seeing the smiles. They're uh, they're digging it, and um, Dimitri's uh, still needs a lot of work. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Daniel, God, I think he looked like looked like he missed like what six calls from Amanda or more, at least. So, so you know, you know, she's not happy. Yeah, there's definitely trouble brewing there, and we'll have to see what happens with that. But first, we are back at Coyote Creek, and the game's gone on for a while. A lot of the people, a lot of the students, have lost their headband. And they're no longer in the game. They're like hanging out together. Aisha was walking up too, and she was looking pretty, you know, pretty mad and stuff. And she, because she doesn't like to lose, it seems. I mean, she was kind of mad at, during the tournament, if you remember. And now she's mad again that she lost. But I did like that Johnny came up to her and he encouraged her, saying, You'll get him next time. I really, really like that. 
So Tori was there too. She's I wonder who got her headband. But Tori Tori was out as well. And Aisha said, Well, I guess it's just Hawk and Miguel. It's the only two left. So that's it was just showing that real quick. And yeah, do you have anything else to say about that before we cut again? It looks like yeah, Miguel and Hawk are the probably the best two in the on a in, the, uh, in a Cobra Kai. Just two left, yeah. So that was a quick cut, and we cut again back to the meat locker, y'all, in the cold. And Dimitri was, man, he's still having trouble. He's very discouraged now, and he's saying that he'll never get it. But I really love Daniel's patience here. He said, you know, you're going to keep at it. And he said, he, he just can't, came up to him and talked to him. He said, you know, I got to be honest, you're the most neurotic person I've ever seen. <laughs> but he's like, you're always, he said, you always expect the worst, okay? But because you do that, you can use that to your advantage, okay? He's trying to use Dimitri's quote-unquote weakness Turning it into a strength, right? Great mentoring, good, good coach, great, yeah. great sensei there, Daniel, Team Daniel, and he even kind of broke it down to like you know the geeky thing. You know he, they've connected through their geekdom, the Game of Thrones and everything. And Daniel said, "Think of it like a spidey sense." And Dimitri said uh, he responded, "Actually, in the comics, it's spider sense." <laughs> Created him. Uh, yeah, there it is, folks. I think that's the nerdiest line of the whole show, <laughs> of the whole Andy. series. Dimitri's right there. Yeah, Spider, get it right. I love that. He knows. Uh -huh. Daniel laughed, right? But he said, it's about instincts, Dimitri. He said, it's about your mind. And he gave Dimitri another chance. Okay, y'all. So we got Dimitri in the middle. And Daniel called out two, which was Chris. And lo and behold, you guys, Dimitri in the slow motion blocked two of his punches before he actually delivered a counter punch to Chris's chest. And wow, y'all, wow. Oh my gosh. He did wow. it. <laughs> dun, 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 <laughs> it's been weeks of training, you guys, but Dimitri is finally getting it. And yeah, we heard the Miyagi-Do theme as Daniel called out five real quick. And like, yeah, his celebration was short-lived. Dimitri got <laughs> hit again. But Daniel was like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's about baby steps. And Dimitri was like, yeah. But it, it was a pretty cool moment because the other Miyagi-Dos, they all gathered around Dimitri and they're congratulating him. I really, really like that. But so finally, Daniel was finally able to check his phone, man. Finally, he saw those missed calls from Amanda. He was looking concerned about it as Sam walked up saying, is everything okay? So it's already starting to bleed over into each other. Yeah, the balance is way off. He said, yeah, everything's okay. And he said, that's, he said, that's all for today. And he headed out quick. So yeah, I thought... He's really having trouble balancing, and I thought balance was his thing, right, Cole? Not right now. Not right now. But yeah, good on Dimitri, right? I thought that was pretty neato. Yeah, I like the way uh, Daniel uh, 
tries to relate to Dimitri. That the the whole deal with you know the Spider Man, Spider Sense. He he he's figured a good way to connect with this kid, and uh, yeah, Dimitri's you know he's weak and he's uh, he's not athletic, and I think Daniel's doing a great job at uh, you know uh, c- coaching this kid, uh, and it looks like it's working. It worked apparently. It did work, but only you know a little bit. Daniel said baby steps. They're getting there. <laughs> Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, but good on Daniel. Some great mentoring, great senseiing, great teaching. Team Daniel. So yeah, you guys, back at Coyote Creek, though, there's only two left. It's Miguel and Hawk. And they finally approach each other, and Miguel found him. And it was funny because as Hawk was walking up, you could hear some more like Hawk sounds, kind of. <laughs> like, ah, oh, God. So Hawk was like, finally, a worthy opponent. But if you notice, Miguel shot back, and he was like, so you were the one who trashed me, Agido. And I really love called all this. Called him out. He called him out. I love all this trash talk here. Do you remember Hawk's reasons for doing all that, though? He says that Miyagi-Do is, uh, is the enemy. And he doesn't want to be soft like Miguel, just because uh, Miguel likes Sam pretty much there. And Sam, I mean, Miguel's like, no, it's not about... It's not about Sam. Uh, it's, it's more than that. It's basically like Miguel's trying to tell me that he, it's not you know it's not honorable. He, he's he's got to learn from right from wrong. Oh yeah, well said, man. Well said. But Hawk just Hawk's only worried about being the best. Yeah, he wants to be the best, and he Miguel was like, "This isn't about Sam." Hawk answered, "Sure," he said. If you want to, and then he took out the medal and he said, if you want this, he said, if you want the medal, come and take it. And we had a wide shot as the two got in their stances. And are you ready for some best friend versus best friend, Cody Creek karate action, Cole? Yes. <laughs> Me too. And here we go. This is some great karate action, you guys. All right, folks, get ready. It's karate time. Hawk struck first. The running and leaping double kick. Pretty cool and athletic. Miguel blocked it though. Hawk then tried a side kick, which was blocked, and then he tried a right hook, which Miguel ducked. Hawk then used a tree to leap off of, you notice, and he tried to land another kick, but Miguel was able to block again. Then Miguel had his chance, and he tried that combination of kicks, almost like the tournament. And and that was including a sweep, where Hawk was able to block and dodge them all, and he stepped over the sweep. There's some really, really good karate action here. Hawk went in for a punch now, but Miguel was able to grab it, and he pulled Hawk in before landing a punch to his chest. And And then he was flinging Hawk over onto the ground. And yeah, the rest of the Cobra Kai's could hear the fight, and they were like, hey, we have to go watch this. They're all coming over now. Miguel tried to get on top of Hawk, right? But Hawk kicked up from the ground, and as they grappled, they were still trash-talking. And Hawk said, is that all you got? And then he kicked up, and he flung Miguel into a tree from the ground. That looked like it hurt, too, man. Oh, man, right into his back. Hawk went in for another kick, but Miguel moved and Hawk ended up kicking the tree so I really like how they're involving the woods here 
And then here we go. Miguel landed a sidekick to Hawk's chest, and as they traded more blows, Miguel was able to catch Hawk's arms, and then he did like a rolling takedown, similar to how Sam did it at the golf and stuff, if you remember. Yeah. Maybe he learned it. Maybe he learned it from her, you know. Like Maybe he learned it from that. her. But instead of kissing him, <laughs> Hawk <laughs> he stood up and he grabbed the headband from Hawk's head. And then he snapped the chain necklace that held the Medal of Honor. And he stood over him and he said, that's all I've got. Ooh. And, and man, that was some great karate action. Did you like that fight scene, Cole? I did. It was, uh, those two guys are definitely the, the most skilled of the, of the rest of the uh, Cobra Kai's. And it's great to see them fight each other. And why Miguel won because Miguel is still the best. He is still the best around, and I kind of feel like they are the Tommy and Johnny of the Cobra Kai now. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the, yeah, two, the two best. They are. They are. I still wonder who took Tori's headband. I don't know. Because she's pretty good, too. So, yeah. Miguel walked over to the other Cobra Kai's over there uh, now. Aisha, maybe? Were they on the same team? Maybe it was Aisha. Maybe it was Aisha. She's pretty good, too. But yeah, Miguel made his way over to the other Cobra Kai's that were there now, and he held up the headband. It's over. But Kreese, Kreese said, finish him if you remember, right? Do you remember that? Yep, he sure did. And Miguel nodded before doing a back kick to Hawk's face, and he was still on the ground. And that is definitely not what Johnny has been teaching these kids, right, Cole? Not. Yeah, he tried to step up and stop it, but it happened too fast. And then Miguel was holding up the red head, the red headband, and he was saying "Team Black" as his, you know, as Miguel's theme played. And the other Cobras gathered around Miguel to celebrate. Kreese walked over to Johnny. And if you notice, he said, it looks like that champ of yours is developing a real killer instinct. And yeah, Kreese has really corrupted these kids, man, while Johnny was gone. Big time. But as they were celebrating, there was a rustle in the leaves. And what was happening, Cole? Oh my gosh, how come <laughs> the leaves pops up? Who is it? Stingray. Stingray. And he says, now you know what I'm called. Stingray's lion weight, you know, mm-hmm. to be the perfect strike. Pops <laughs> up and he grabs Miguel and takes his bandana. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he yelled, the red team just won. Red it was so cool, won. dude. Good and job, everyone, everyone was like, what the hell? But they were impressed. You know, and uh, even Crease approved. He's like, oh, yeah, good job. Yeah, he said, good job, Singray. And yes, the 30-year-old definitely won over the teenagers. So good job, 30-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so funny. And yeah, so Stingray went over and he celebrated with the rest of the red team. But while that was going on, Johnny went over and he confronted Miguel. We're getting to the crux of the issue here. 
And he said, what was that? He said, It's not how I taught you to fight. It's what Sensei Kreese taught us. This isn't a tournament, this is real life. Is that how you want to live your life? And Miguel looked confused, kind of. And yeah, they, he should be confused. Because he's he's they're receiving conflicting advice from their senseis right now. And how do you feel about that, Cole? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Johnny's seeing that Crease has kind of worked his way back in. and It hurts him to see Miguel continue to be this way because Miguel is his first student, and there's a strong bond between him and Miguel, and he doesn't want to see Miguel end up like he did. Uh, and that's why he's asking Miguel, is that how you want to live your life? Basically, you know, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to see Miguel turn into him. And uh, that's the main reason why he's trying to 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 break the Cobra Kai's from this no mercy. There's no, there's no. Admittedly, it's not about no mercy. Mercy, it's about having no honor. And I want to go back to uh, also, you know, the the irony of of Hawk having the Medal of Honor. Mm. The guy who fights with the least amount of honor is the guy who wanted the Medal of, you know, wanted to steal a Medal of Honor, which is just, uh, it's you know, it's pretty pretty funny if you think of it that way like he's no uh, idea of how much you know what that what that metal even means oh yeah you're right mm-hmm. and uh so i'm glad that uh you know miguel does still have a moral compass and uh and i'm glad he he uh confronted hawk about it and ultimately won and skip back as well and i'm also glad that to see that johnny uh is still standing against uh fighting without honor. And he wants to make sure that Miguel keeps, uh, keeps the, you know, keeps, keeps the, the morals. And, uh, I think he's kind of upset to see that, you know, Miguel went ahead and did that finishing blow, even though he didn't need to. Yes, that was really well said. I think he really got to the heart of the issue, the no honor, no mercy struggle that's happening. And yeah, Johnny doesn't, he asked, yeah, do, is that the way you want to live your life? And that was a good line because if you remember his conversation with Tommy, he said, I just don't want these kids, you know, to make the same mistakes that we did. Yep. I don't want them to live their life full of regret. And, you know, Tommy said, You're, you'll do it. You're the champ. So yeah, he's had some time to reflect, and, you know, he really took what uh, Tommy said to him to heart. Yeah. It's a very important conversation, and we'll always remember Tommy. And yeah, so it was an interesting conversation with Miguel and Johnny. But Crease noticed he noticed that conversation. You know, he was kind of smiling at first and celebrating because his team won, but then he stopped smiling when he saw that. And I think that's because he knows that Johnny's kind of on to him now. The cat's out of the bag. The power struggle is about to come to a head here. And I really enjoyed all the karate action and the cool stuff that was going on at Coyote Creek and Hawk jumping down from the, the, uh, from <laughs> the tree. Funny. And yeah, all the cool karate action and fighting that we had. It was some good training at Coyote Creek. But it's time to leave now, you guys. And do you have anything else to say about the Coyote Creek, Cole? I like the whole concept of uh, Cody Creek. 
it, it is kind of like in a way, kind of like uh, playing a war game, I guess. You know, they're they're training to go into battle, and uh, it, it seems like you know it'd be pretty pretty fun if you're skilled in karate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot like uh, to me. It seemed it reminded me of I used to play paintball back in the day, and it reminded me of uh, kind of doing that, splitting the two different teams, of trying to find each other in the woods and defeat each other. It was a lot of fun, and I think uh, it's like a good way to train the kids, also. Yes, I really like Cody Creek too, and I liked how you said it's like paintball. It definitely felt like that to me, some capture the flag type situation. Yeah. And like I said, when I think of when I think of season two, this is one of the top memories that I have. It's very iconic, very cool, and I do think that if there is a spinoff with young Johnny. I think we're going to see Cody Creek again. They're just playing. They're playing Team Slayer in the woods, pretty much. You know? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but in the next scene, you guys, we are at the Larusso household, and it's later that night. Later that night, it's dark outside. We are, we're in the old Larusso dojo room, and it's great because Robbie finally has a room. He finally has a room now instead of sleeping on the couch. And yeah, he's living in the old dojo. And he was doing his laundry as Sam walked in. I wonder if this is one of the outfits that Moon helped her put together. She came in. And I think it's pretty cool that Robbie's living in the dojo. What do you think about this scene, Cole? Robbie living in the dojo, I just want to say it reminds me of... uh... When Mr. Miyagi got like the guest house kind of ready for Daniel, you know, when Daniel had to stay with him. Hey, you're right. That's a good. That's a good one. And it's reminiscent of that. I like that. But yeah, it looks like you know Robbie. Robbie's got it pretty good, man. I mean, this he's kind of got his own little house almost, you know, to himself. Yeah, things are definitely starting to heat up between a uh, Sam and Robbie here. That's right. That is exactly right. Good shout about the guest house thing. And yeah, she walked in and she said, I like what you've done with the play. It's very home dojo chic. Funny. Robbie turned to her and he said, thanks. Thanks. So what do you like better today? The heat or the cold? You know, they both have their pluses and minuses, but if I had to pick one, I'd say room temp. She <laughs> smiled, yeah. Very very much Sam. Just like Sam. She's very room temperature person. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> but Robbie replied, said that's not, that wasn't an option. And that made Sam think a bit before she said, what about you? Robbie stepped in closer now and he said, I like the heat. And we, and we started to hear some sweet guitar Ooh. notes in the background, you guys. It's been building for a while now. Yeah, ooh. Robbie placed his hand on Sam's cheek. She looked at, up at him saying, you know, she said, I thought we weren't. I thought we weren't. We weren't. And then they were looking into each other's eyes. And yeah, this has been in the works for a while now. It's been a long time coming now. And they finally kissed and started making out. 
<laughs> Ooh, go Robbie! <laughs> and yes, we we also get to hear Sam and Robbie's theme for the first time. I love it. So good. So, so good. I'm going to play the guitar song there. And yeah, I love their theme. And they were making out, and it was pretty hot stuff as we cut to the next scene. And yeah, what did you think about that scene, Cole? You know, you put two, uh, two teenagers in a house together. Sooner or later, it's bound to happen. <laughs> And you know, they tried, at least they tried to control their feelings, but, you know, just uh, the tension was there and it's finally time for it to break. It totally broke there. And we might take a step back and say, how do you feel about, and we're getting to the teen drama now, do you, how do you feel about Sam and Miguel's relationship and then Sam and Robbie's relationship? To me, I feel like this is a stronger relationship. Yeah, it may be. Uh, you know, it's still kind of fresh. But uh, there's been... Robbie's had some feelings for Sam since he, uh, since he moved in there. The very first time he saw yeah. her. If you remember, he smashed into, yep. he smashed into Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi's wooden door shot. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's been kind of like love at first sight for Robbie. I did like the relationship that Miguel and Sam had. But I think Sam, I, I think uh, Miguel's. I mean, he's found Tori now, and uh, he might not be thinking about Sam so much anymore. And Tori's awesome. Sorry, Tori's cool. I'm sorry, I'm Team Tori. Tori's cooler than Sam. I think. I think. I think, he, I think he's done better. <laughs> the Tori Sam rivalry is gonna be massive, you guys, and that is all about the team drama, and that is exactly what we're here for, you guys. Two almost 40-year-old men. We're going to get deeply involved in these teen relationships. <laughs> but and I think, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that the reason I think it's stronger is because Sam's had a, a lot of time to look at Robbie and figure out what kind of person he is. And they've been living together and training together for a while. I just feel like, you know, she's been liking him for a long time and he's been liking her for a long time. Yeah. It finally right happened. Right there with you. I was about to comment on that myself. Uh, I think, you know, they took it slow, basically, with this one. They, they did. Got to really, they, they really got to know each other first before they uh, jumped into it. And I got to I gotta give Robbie some props because he, he did it respectfully. You know, he uh, he tried to, to be uh, respectful, you know, about it. But, you know, it comes to a point where, he, like, uh, like, like, I guess Moon said, you can't hide your, can't hide your feelings anymore. Yep, you're 100% right there, Cole. 100% right. And yeah, it is, it is good times for Robbie. I'm happy for him. He's had a hard time, so it's good times right now. Alrighty, so the next scene, you guys. Okay, we have something going on here at the LaRusso Auto, you guys. Daniel was trying to catch a noosh, this meeting. 
before it was over, but he showed up. It was that night, and Amanda said he already left. He already left, and yeah, Noosh quit. Tom Cole, like you said, offered him a better title, more money. Yeah, Tom Cole, he's already poached a few other salesmen, and now he poached another one. So Not a, not a Noosh. Yeah, and there's dealership wars going on too, you guys. Real, it was real, real life stuff happening, and that meeting was their chance to match it. Daniel missed it. I thought it was interesting here because Daniel said, yeah, "I can fix it. I can fix it," you know. But Amanda cut right to the point, and yeah, she was saying stuff like, "You know," it's, she said, "It's not about a noosh." He said, it's about you not being able to keep your promises and balance everything. Oh, my gosh. He did say he could balance it, but he can't. Yep. Daniel promised to start being in the dealership more. But Amanda said, you're not getting it. You're not getting it, Daniel. I'm not talking about the dealership. I'm talking about us. Ever since you opened Miyagi-Do, I've been waking up in an empty bed. I've been running this business all by myself. I have spent the entire summer feeling alone while you're off at karate camp. I'm sorry. Okay. And that's true, man. Daniel's been doing all this stuff, and you got to balance the family life. And it's tough because Daniel apologized. And he said, you know, I have to teach these kids to defend themselves, you know, from the Cobra Kai's. And yeah, just like if you remember, we were talking about balance that one time. And yeah. you, you even said this. Amanda responded. She said, sometimes when you focus on one thing, you lose focus on everything else. And that's exactly what you said in our conversation about balance. Yep. So yeah, this has been brewing for a while now. And there's definitely trouble in paradise there. And how do you feel about all that, Cole? Yeah, I think a man, you know, of course, a man is always the vo voice of reason in the show, for especially for Daniel. And, uh, yeah, she's got a good reason to be angry. I mean, uh, he's uh, definitely been neglecting his duty as a, you know, with his business. And uh, he's not been there for, for Amanda either. She's been running this place by herself. He, uh, he just lost one of his best employees, basically, there. I mean, he got Nooch is gone, I guess, at this point. He's uh he's got he's got to do some work to 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 regain the balance with the his wife and his dealership. Yep, he's got to do all of that while still managing the dojo and helping these kids in the dojo war. So yeah, that's Daniel's problem is the balance. He's overreached himself a little bit potentially. So yeah, y'all, in the next scene, we are back at the LaRusso house, and it's still that night. Robbie was looking at Sam's like pictures on the wall when she was a kid and stuff, and it made, it made me laugh. That was a real picture. Yeah. And uh, he was smiling and everything, and I think he's really starting to fall for her. Yeah, definitely. He's in love with her. I think he's definitely starting to fall for her. And... This is the this is Robbie's first relationship in the show so far. I don't think, I don't think it's his first relationship ever, but maybe I don't know, but probably not. But yeah, this is some good times for Robbie right now. He's he's living in the Larusso Dojo house. He started off on the couch and not having any food and everything, and now he has 
nice room in a nice house with a family. And he's got this like super hot girl that he's starting to hook up with in the house. So it's really, really good times for Robbie right now. But there was a knock at the door. And Robbie went to answer it. And who was it, Cole? It was Miguel. And yeah, what did he want? He came back to return Mr. Miyagi's Medal of Honor to Daniel. Wow. This is a big thing, you guys. How do you think he got there? Yeah, maybe he rode a bike or something. Dude, he was all sweaty. He was all sweaty. Yep, he rode his bike all the way to the LaRusso house just to deliver the Medal of Honor. So, yeah, good on Miguel. This is a good thing. Miguel has a good heart. I love Miguel, too, you guys. Don't get me wrong. I love Miguel, too. Robbie said, I knew it was you. But Miguel answered saying, he's like, I had nothing to do with that or the metal. And he wants them to know that not all of them are assholes. And then Miguel told Robbie to tell Sam that he was sorry. Okay. When Robbie closed the door, Sam came down and she asked, who is that? And this is uh, not the best move. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It's not the best move from Robbie. It's not the worst move ever, but yeah, he pocketed the Medal of Honor, and he said it was someone looking for another house, so he, he lied to Sam there, and uh, I don't like it, but yeah, it's not the best move ever. I think it's the second bad thing, really, that Robbie's done, you know, the first was lying to Daniel about why he wanted to work there, and, then, and this is the second one. Robin Robbie, dude. <laughs> Robin Robbie robbed it. Still got a little bit of his old ways. <laughs> yeah, he's not telling, and he didn't tell Sam about Miguel's apology either, or the medal, of course. I kind of feel bad for Miguel, man. In this at this point. Yeah, tell me your thoughts. Man, you know, if it, just think about how differently that would have gone if uh, either Sam or Daniel had answered the door. Uh, he may have been able to save some face for Cobra Kai. Uh, he might have been able to patch some things up with Sam at least a little bit. And I feel bad because Miguel's just trying to be a good kid. He's just trying to uh, do the right thing. And then Robbie just totally destroyed that for him just now. Yeah, I got to be honest. Thinking about it, it it wasn't the best move. Um, and he did just hook up with Sam like just after that. He knows that Miguel used to date her. Yeah, and it, was, it was a split second decision, and yeah, what would you, I was going to say? What would you do if you were in his shoes? Do you think? Well, I, I get, I get. I mean, I get why he did it. He didn't want her to even think about Miguel. So, uh, I guess I could, you know, I couldn't say him. I might not have done something similar, you know, for Robbie. Yeah, but I just, you know, we've 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 liked Miguel since the start, you know. So, oh yeah, I love Miguel. Uh, I got You know, I feel bad. I just, I feel kind of bad for Miguel. You know, he's just, he's trying to do his best here, and Robbie just sabotaged it for him. He did, but uh, he, you know, he's got Tori right now, so maybe he should just focus on that. But yes, uh, it would have been different if Daniel or Sam answered the door, and it's another unfortunate mistake that happens sometimes. I kind of wish almost that it had been Daniel to answer the door, not Sam. Because then, uh, 
you know, Daniel might realize, okay, Cobra Kai it maybe isn't as horrible as I think it is. But, you know, that didn't happen. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little gesture of goodwill from Cobra Kai during this, during this dojo war. And, yeah, it sucks. But I think I might have pocketed that as well in the moment. But yeah, do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole, before we move to the last scene? To T. Miguel. <laughs> T. Miguel. T. T. Miguel. That deepens the rivalry between Robbie and Miguel. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had to think about the whole tournament thing as well. So, man, I love the writing here. It's just I so like, good. I like Robbie, but I'm, I am, I'm T. Miguel. Sorry. Okay, Sorry, well, Sorry, we're, we're going to have to get into it. Team Robbie. <laughs> oh man, here we go, y'all. Team Miyagi Do versus Team Cobra Kai. Speaking of Cobra Kai, we are at the last scene, you guys. And we are at the Cobra Kai Dojo. And I think the power struggle is finally going to come to a head here. Johnny was in the office with Kreese. And yeah, Chris was sitting at the desk and he was like lighting up a cigar and stuff as he does. Power move. Sitting in the office in the chair behind the desk. In the chair. He's in the chair. So Johnny walked in and Chris said, are you here to congratulate me on my victory? You know, that team. But Johnny said, hey, we need to talk about what you're putting in these kids' heads. And yeah, I really like this conversation. It just really gets into the heart of Cobra Kai's philosophy. So I have it almost word for word here. And yeah, did you like this conversation, Cole? Yes, I did. It was really interesting. Kree started off by saying, I've just been teaching them the way of the fist. And we all know that that's strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. And yeah, we talked about each and every one of those, you guys. Johnny responded. He said, that's where we have a problem. And Chris was like, oh, do we now? So here we go, y'all. This is it. Johnny said Cobra Kai needed to change. Cobra Kai needs to change. What you taught didn't work back then, and it doesn't work now. Team Johnny. <laughs> Team Johnny. Chris <laughs> answered, though. He said, oh, what do you want to change it to? Something snuggly like a blanket? I love the acting there from Martin Cove. Johnny said, no. No. Cobra Kai will always be badass. But there's a difference between no mercy and no honor. And that is huge, dude. That is Team Johnny. That is huge. And we're going to delve into that more in the future. Maybe in the next episode. Because it's very interesting. There's a lot to be said there. And yeah, Chris said, ah, honor. He went on by saying, when you're in a war... The other side doesn't fight with honor. He said, be glad you don't know. And yeah, I think he's probably talking about Vietnam and all that stuff there. And there was some, you know, definitely some pretty dirty fighting there, you know, traps. There wasn't a whole lot of honor stuff. going on in Vietnam. That's Not sure. really. Yeah, traps. On both sides. On, on both, both sides. I'll say, yeah, on both sides. Johnny addressed that. He said, you know what? I don't know what you went through back then, but we don't need to. Teach these kids, have them, you know, do our mistakes again. 
Priest answered by saying, the only mistake you made was te- teaching them weakness, like when you backed down from LaRusso's challenge. Oh, trying to, trying to low blow him. He is trying to low blow him. Johnny said, I'm responsible for these kids. But Crease responded to that saying, I'm responsible for you. I'm worried about you, Johnny. I see what's going to happen. We're going to let your guard down. And that's going to leave you vulnerable. Love this conversation. The power struggle is happening right now. Johnny said, that's not going to happen. This is my dojo. And here we go. Crease responded, your dojo. You forgot who started Cobra Kai. And yeah, we've come to the crux of the issue now. Johnny said, I haven't forgotten anything. And then he thought about it and he's done. You know, he said, you know what? You know what? I'm sorry. I thought this could work, but I was wrong. Look, we're done. I don't ever want to see you in this dojo again. Team Johnny. Team Johnny. And Kreese looked hurt. He started to leave. You know, he wants to turn back and say something. Johnny was not moved. And so Kreese left the dojo. As Johnny was standing there, y'all, and it was cut to black. End of episode. And wow, what did you think about that last scene, Cole? Man, if, if anybody wants to know why I'm Team Johnny, this scene is the reason why. <laughs> because, yeah, even though Johnny has his flaws, he's come a long way in his life at this point. And uh, he, uh, he knows uh, what's right and what's wrong. He knows that there's no sense in uh, fighting without honor. There's no, you, can't, you, can't pride, you can take pride in fighting without honor. Uh, he didn't want to see these kids... Uh, Become like Grease, you know, greasy and uh, devious, and uh, he wants to turn these kids around. And, and you know, no, no mercy's not, no mercy can still be a ten in the Cobra Kai. No mercy doesn't necessarily mean no honor. Now, if, if if the if the like we were talking about this the last time, if there's an escalation of force, you meet that escalation of force. So if someone's showing you no mercy, you show them no mercy, even you know even more. Like you fight to death if you have to, but depending on the situation you need to continue to fight honorably it's not there's why are you gonna hit this is dirty 10 20 when they're down there's, there's no uh, there's no honor in that and I've got to say like I, that's why I come like that's why I'm team Johnny Johnny uh, is, is now all about trying to fight honorably and and uh, and I'm glad he had, you know he, he maybe he maybe he, he may have showed some weakness himself letting crease come back in the first place I think uh, Johnny just uh, was, you know, definitely influenced or manipulated by Crease, but he does have a, a soft spot and uh, wants to give people second chances. He did here with Crease, but he just he's learned that I guess old habits die hard, and, and the, the man will never change. And uh, I'm glad Johnny stood up and, and told him he's had enough of it. And wants him out. It may hurt the kids, though. We'll see what happens with that. Oh my gosh! Yes, it. You, see, you you really said it well there. There's a huge thing going on with the 
no mercy and no honor. And I think, yeah, we should probably delve into that more in the next episode because there's a lot to be said there. No mercy is the trickiest tenet of Cobra Kai. And we talked about it, but there's definitely more to be said. And what did you think about that episode as a whole? Well, lots of this. I mean, I know, I know Chris may have just got up and left, but Johnny knows it's not over. You know, Johnny knows it because he knows how Chris is. So, uh, uh, hopefully, Johnny keeps it in the back of his mind to to keep an eye out for him. But the episode as a whole is great, man. I I really loved uh, watching how both dojos train. Uh, I thought the uh, Coyote Creek was really cool. Seeing Miyagi Do train in both the hot and the cold in the freezer was cool. I liked the uh, the way they set that up with uh, the kids making a circle on the outside and having one in the center. Calling out the numbers, having to fight from all sides. Uh, it's a bit of a, a Miyagi Do you don't see very often is uh, people actually doing offense, and and these kids were showing that they can't, they are capable of doing offensive moves. So uh, that part's cool to see. Also, we haven't seen much of that from, from Miyagi Do. Uh, overall, it was a great episode. Uh, it was, and I really liked uh, the the last scene there with uh, Johnny. We get to see uh, how Johnny has uh, matured. And uh, that's why I'm Team Johnny. That's why I'm Team Cobra Kai, minus Crease. <laughs> oh, you, yes. Uh, how'd you feel about this one? I love this episode, and it's definitely some exciting times. You really nailed it talking about how the dojos train differently. It's one of my favorite aspects of the show. Today was all about Soshu Geiko versus Coyote Creek. And yeah, the students are entrenched on both sides and the dojo war is on 100%. I just love it and I'm excited to see what happens next. This really got me excited for what happens next. Season two is action-packed and awesome. And you, we know, also, you know, you know Kreese isn't just going to walk away like that. Oh, we yeah, have not seen the last of Kreese. Y'all, we have not seen the last of him. When there was that going on, it's a shame Daniel has to work on his marriage and his and his dealership stuff. He's he's got to work on his balance there. That's an interesting aspect. He need, doesn't need to forget about Amanda. So while that is going on, there was also a new couple. We have a new couple here, Cole. And what do you think about that? Bobby and Sam. That's right. Like you said, I think this relationship might be a little more uh, meaningful than the ones you had with Miguel, just because they've had the time to get to know each other before going into it. Yes. So maybe a stronger relationship there. You know, kind of sad to see, uh, you know, it finally being over between Miguel and uh, and Sam. But at the same time, I think they're both going to be better off with the uh, new people they're with. Oh, don't you just love talking about the teen drama, Cole? I just love it. Two grown men, almost 40, talking about some teenage relationships, you guys. And I am all about it. It is a great episode. I think I talked about most of the stuff I wanted to say. But yes, do you have anything else to say about that episode, Cole? No, I think we, uh, I think we covered it pretty well. I think we covered it pretty well as well. 
And yes, I'm excited to see what happens next. This one was a great episode, very iconic with the Coyote Creek and everything. The power struggle between Johnny and Crease. And yes, we have definitely not seen the last of him. Also, uh, never uh, underestimate the power of Stingray. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, the power of Stingray. <laughs> he was so cool, popping up from the leaves. And yeah, that was fantastic episode. Very, very fun. And the Dojo War is on, you guys. It is on. And if that's all you have to say about that one, Cole, I think we can end this one. But I just wanted to stop and say thank you so much, listeners, for being with us. And listen to us nerd out and break down everything that's going on in this show. So thank you, my fellow Cobras. And another special thank you to my co-host, Cobra Cole. I love you being here. I love you, man. You're my binary brother. And thank you so much for your time and talking to me about the show. Thank you as well. And also thank you to the, to the listeners as well. For binary brother is uh, I'm I think I'm the I'm the zero. You're the one. I'm the zero. We go back and <laughs> forth. That's how it works. And thank you to the moms. Thank you to number one fan Megan. And we will see all of you guys next time because we are going to go all the way through this show. And why do we go all the way, Cole? Because Cobra Kai never, never dies. dies. And you bet your ass on that one. So we'll see you next time, guys. Bye, everyone. Peace. Peace. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai.